Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. Don't say, don't say anything racist now. <laughs> I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to begin. I'm Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, the race. I mean, I am <laughs> cop and a half. <laughs> well, in some ways, uh, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners nobody else. This is not ad copy for anyone else. Mm. Our listeners, a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It, <laughs> oh, it's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. My favorite thing is now that we're all recording in the same room, you two stare at me because I'm not reading it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway, just like looking to the horizon. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, I just... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to everyone who hasn't seen the classic Castaway. Okay, now we're calling it a classic. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's a very well-known film. It's a very well-known film. You know this. You know this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it starred the beach ball and the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, a stick, if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's absolutely what happened. There's a there's that smash cut in it where he's like normal Tom Hanks, and then it smash. Tom Hanks is in it? I'm going <laughs> to kick you. I'm going to kick you. I knew Wilson, but I don't know about this Tom Hanks fella. <laughs> Hope things work out for his career. <laughs> uh, not great. His sons are nuts. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. White boy summer. But there's a smash cut of him like looking at the water, and then it cuts to him like spearing a fish, and he's like dropped 50 pounds or whatever, and it is shocking. That's all. Mm-hmm. He looks feast not well in the movie. Which reminds me of something I've said to both of you before. When Joker came out, everyone I had longer hair, and everyone was like, Do you know who you look like? Do you know who you look like? I'm like, Yeah. And it's Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. And everyone, I don't, I was like, I don't know how to take that because th- that movie, he look, he's at his worst. He, he looks ill in that he, movie. He does not look well. That is the point <laughs> of the film. And I'm like, wh- why be mean? <laughs> why be mean? <laughs> because people. <laughs> yeah. Never tell someone they look like a celebrity unless that celebrity is famous for being beautiful, at least partially. It's like, you know That's who you look like? And with black people, just don't even. Yeah. Just don't. don't no, don't try. Just. Don't try. <laughs> You're going to get yourself in trouble. Oh. Yeah, people like to tell me that I look like other actresses with uh, noses that are not tiny. And I'm like, cool, great, thank you. Um, I know I don't have a tiny, I don't know I don't have a small nose. That's great. Didn't you get Barbara Streisand one time? And you could not look less like her. I mean, look, I appreciate Barbara Streisand's unique beauty and... I also simultaneously don't really like being caught, said that I look look mm-hmm. like her. Yeah, she's so. a singer, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Like I know that she like did like some acting oh, yeah. and uh, directed as well and has an Oscar for directing it. No, she was nominated, but she didn't win. Oh, was she nominated? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm I pretty know sure. Um, for something called someone with a Y. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm not really familiar with her work. Yeah. I, like it's just a name that I know. Okay. If you're going to watch a Streisand film, uh, What's Up, Doc? Great movie. Slapstick comedy. Very fun. It was better than her performance in Meet the Fockers? This is a movie I've not seen. Okay. Um, pretty much anything. that Yeah, all the, the classic ones. I think um, what is... You know, I don't haven't seen any of them, but from what <laughs> I hear, uh, there's, um, of course, Yentl. Um, there is... What's the one with the, uh, the way we were? That's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking of. People love that movie. I haven't seen with it. With Robert Redford? Yep. That's her? That That's is her. her. Okay. Yeah. All but, right. And but also, uh, don't just tell a person that they look like another person because they both have uh, noses, you know, prominent nose. In, in, in drama school, mm. um, someone was like, you know who you remind me of? I'm like, oh, here we go. It's yeah. Steve Buscemi. And I was like, someone who is famous for not being the most attractive man. He just looks like a normal human being. That's the mean thing. He said something that was like heartbreaking. He was like, I didn't know I was ugly until I started <laughs> acting. Because he's just like a normal looking guy. He's not bad to look at. Yeah. He's just like, like not unreasonably hot as most actors are but like that's like the weird thing about looks in the industry yeah because like oh god this is gonna sound awful Ooh, but like susan sarandon for example is not a woman that i would think of as like sexy yeah but i think she's beautiful you know what i mean like there's like these just very different ways in which we talk about like Mm -hmm. steve buscemi like not exactly someone i would be saying like sexy Mm -hmm. i'm like he's an all right looking man like i don't he's good to look he's compelling to approach me in a bar like i wouldn't be like oh no yeah i would vomit on the floor yeah i'd be like all right let's see what this is about yeah it's wild how we've like standardized you know you can look like this subset of 10 people and be considered attractive. Yeah. It's like, that's wild. Yeah. Um, and that I think actually has confused people about me for a while mm. um, in regards to casting. Cause it's like, huh, you just don't look like anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Great. Yeah. I'm not a, you know, I don't have like a porcelain doll feature and, uh, you know, and I uh, am not a skinny person either. And that has often been the standard that, mm-hmm. you know, women have to live up to in the industry. And I'm like, OK, well, here's hoping someone finds me <laughs> interesting enough to cast at some point. That's that's the thing. Once someone's like, OK, yeah, I see what you're doing here with your body and your face and your mind. Yes. And actually your talent. So, mm-hmm. I mean, here's hoping. And as I as I get older, uh, you know. <laughs> the world opens up in a weird way. Yeah. That it might not necessarily, because it's like, aha, I can be quirky if I'm older, right? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. 
two things. One, someone who I think is absolutely gorgeous that like no one agrees with me on is Willem Dafoe. Specifically as a young man, he was like, he should have been in like model magazines. He was like a beautiful man. And now he's aged into a very interesting looking person. Does that make sense? Which I think is almost better than being hot is if you just like have if you're compelling to watch on screen does that make sense i mean i see that logic for you because because as a young person (laughs) i was model hot and now i'm slowly aging into (laughs) it i mean i i hear your perception of willem dafoe oh and i can understand that trajectory for I see how you have arrived at that conclusion. Mm. I just don't. You don't agree. Agree. That's fine. A lot of people don't agree with no. me on that one. But I also like I again like much like Steve Buscemi. Like I do know people that like kind of talk about Willem Dafoe as like his, if he's like disgusting, and I'm like no, like he's Robin, a normal looking man in the world. <laughs> Robin Williams was voted the most unattractive actor like three years ago, and he's like built. And he, who is? Doing, why is that a poll? First I, of no, all, and one, yes. second. Who was putting it together? I don't know, but it was like one of those things like, what the hell? Because like, he was just like a normal looking Midwestern person. And what it comes down to a lot of the time is like these people are like, well, I mean, Robin wasn't working class. He was very well off to begin with. Mm-hmm. But like, Steve Buscemi was like a firefighter. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's from Wisconsin. Like, it's just like they're not coastal looking people. Ugh, don't get me started about the overrepresentation of coastal people in media. Uh, yeah, I mean, beauty standards are silly and, you know, kind of arbitrary, honestly. You yeah, know, they it, fluctuate. It, it has evolved throughout years. Yeah, you know? like thick women are in. Are, is that... It? Uh, to be fair, though, in non-white communities, thick has been Always. in for yes. many a year. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I mean... Then the standard of uh, of casting is, I mean, I don't, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe thick women are in, but, but are we, are we casting them and stuff? Maybe a little bit more? Hopefully. I'd like to. Mm-hmm. A little bit more here and there. Um, it's slowly shifting and yeah, I don't know. And it's just so strange. What I've learned over the years is that the thing that makes someone attractive when they're on like screen or or, like famous in some way is the fact that they are on screen and they are famous in some way. You can put pretty much anybody up there and they're like, oh, a celebrity. And that like raises your attractiveness by like 120%. Like it's the, you know, ideal idol maybe. Is that what I'm looking for? Possibly. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's a, the glitter you get the mm-hmm. glitter on you yeah jim carrey calls it elvis glitter. dust there it is yeah you know, that makes sense where you want to be you want to be a part of it somehow mm-hmm. you want to get even a little bit of that elvis dust on you yeah sure no, you i know. can see that which also sounds like a street drug yeah and it does yeah knowing, it might be knowing, knowing what we know about elvis yeah mm, yeah i'm sure that's <laughs> maybe like what he called thing. it i like two things i like methamphetamines and young women Mm. And the third thing, stealing from black people. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. That was so interesting when I heard there was an interview with some music producer that like, oh, we heard this great sound 
from black people and they're like no one's gonna buy it so we need to find a white person like any person in america and it was just so conscious it wasn't like oops all stealing from black people it was it was a concerted effort you know and it's been criticized certainly in black media for years i think now we're um media at large is starting to catch up or at least let us in on what they did know when they were doing these things. Uh, You know, you saw it in things like Memphis, which won a Tony uh, a few years ago. Um, Dreamgirls as well heavily criticizes. Yeah. uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. (laughs) Semi-pro. Speaking of racism and people I didn't realize were attractive. You were talking about Dame Maggie Smith? Uh, no. What? Oh my oh, god. Did you not know that she was attractive? No, I knew, but like okay. I didn't know the extent. <laughs> Have you seen her as Dowager Countess I'm on Downton Abbey? Kind of just <laughs> scream into oh, a pillow. Oh she, no. She still oh, got to go on. Yeah, she, I yeah, do she does. not care. She. Looks Miss great. Jean Brody is always in her prime, mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. <laughs> but she does look great in this movie. We are about to review. Oh, hold on to your hats. Murder by death. Okay. Neil Simon's murder mm-hmm. by death. Now, here's my thing. Um, I didn't realize Clue was a remake until we saw this film. <laughs> uh, it's just don't, it's, don't do that to Clue. <laughs> it's the exact same. It's I see what you're saying. Like the premise. Almost exactly the same. Almost, yeah. And it's like a stereotypical premise. It's like, right, it's not like. Spoofs. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're both spoofs off of, I'm assuming, and then there were none exactly. by. Yeah. Yeah. Which we need to read or and or watch. Because we've. Because we've, we've, we've reviewed. We've reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take that again. As uh, We've reviewed Clue. We've reviewed this. We've reviewed, and then there were fewer. We have not got to the actual and then thing. there were none. Yeah, exactly. Because that should be the final episode of the podcast. No, and then there were none. There, were, there none. were none. And no. We're, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. So you see that title, you know something That's has it. happened. <laughs> there won't be trumpets. Just <laughs> silence. In the end, the <laughs> review is just 20 just, minutes of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I actually took notes, if you can believe it. Ooh, yeah, because it's you? when it... um. Not on the plot. Um, only on <laughs> jokes that I liked. Yeah, that's That's fine. the thing. I was like, whenever okay. we review a comedy, I'm like, I, as a semi-professional comedian, um, <laughs> I want to let people know that I have a sense of humor. <laughs> well, as someone who has played a comedian, I mm. can also... If you can believe <laughs> it, Tyler Riley was the Joker in the movie The Joker. Actually, I played Walking Phoenix in the documentary about the uh, making of. <laughs> I'm still here, but not really. Yeah. 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 So uh, basically, the plot of this movie is five of the world's five of the world's greatest detectives all get an invitation yes. to dinner to solve an invitation to dinner and a murder is what the yeah. invitation says, and we're introduced to them slowly over the course of the first 20 minutes, but we see a shadowy figure sending out the invitations at the beginning with um, any sense it 
to his butler, um, played by Sir Alec Guinness. May he rest in peace. Do you want a sad and weird fact about Sir Alec Guinness? Why not? Sure. He was arrested for having gay sex in a public lavatory during the 1940s. Oh. And he advised uh, Ian McKellen, never come out because it will ruin your career. Oh. And Ian McKellen was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um... But he's there, and he plays a blind butler, so I want to talk about this right away. There's a lot of jokes about him being blind. It's the 70s. It's not particularly sensitive to people who have that disability. This movie is very ableist, and we'll get into more characters. Ooh, is it ever. Yeah. However, some of the jokes are still, they did make me laugh. (laughs) Because it's it's like, even if, in, in my mind, it's also like, there's simple like social misunderstandings. Even yeah. if like someone sure. who just didn't know any better made them, they would still be funny. Like at one point he shuts the door the wrong way, and I'm like, that's silly. Yeah. But it is like playing on the fact that he's <laughs> blind. I, I was so what I found myself wondering through this because I mean, my goodness, just every type of ableism, racism, misogyny. Uh, what am I missing? What else? Uh, Tomfoolery. Uh, homophobia. Homophobia. Thank yeah. you. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's it's all here. It's all right at the for- forefront. And I found myself dreaming about how to do this without any of that crap. You know, like, how can we take this plot and make it n- not extremely offensive to mm. anyone yeah. who's not a white man a white cis straight man i think it could be done quite simply yeah, yeah actually <laughs> like it there's so many things yeah exactly that, yeah that still make this movie like still like an interesting and fun watch in spite of you know oh yeah i laughed a fair amount because there's a lot of like goofy lines as well and like yeah. gags this it felt almost like a mel brooks film yeah. It's like that level of like, it could have been a Commedia uh, dell'arte. only he had done that. He, I don't know if he directed, um, but I know Gene Wilder wrote Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother, which is like a mystery yeah. parody, mm-hmm. but I don't know if Mel was involved. Oh, we yeah, can, I'm not sure. We can look at that one because it's not an actual Sherlock Holmes exactly. property. <laughs> so this movie... Is racist in a very specific way. And I like Peter <laughs> Sellers as a performer. I think um, him and what is it? Uh, the Pink oh, Panther? Number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number two, How to Deal with the Bomb. What's the actual, the full title? Oh, Dr. Um, Strange Love. Dr. Strange Love, yeah. Is, he's phenomenal in that. And also, that's James Earl Jones' first movie. Yeah. He's very fun. Oh. Yeah. First movie ever did. Um, what you did to work with those people on your first film? What a blessing! Um, but he plays a an Asian person, and I didn't re- I knew this going in, but what's messed up is they also have an Asian actor, and it's like so you can't do that. Well, we didn't know that Asian people existed. Malarkey that sometimes yeah. gets pulled. It's like you have <laughs> you're so close but what might have been the case is this character is so stereotypical and offensive that like perhaps no asian actor would do it 
no, like it'll be it'll be really funny, right? <laughs> like oh if we, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's bad. And okay, Ugh. every once in a while in this movie, there is a person who's like, "Hey, come on now," with the racism, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not enough. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't not excuse <laughs> it doesn't excuse the things that have happened in this movie. Yeah, um, God bless Richard Harita. Um, Richard Narita. Narita, sorry. Yeah, who plays um, Willie so, Yang? Willie uh, Willie Wang. Willie Wang. Willie yeah. Wang. Yes. So okay. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So what Oof. we have is a cast of characters. We get introduced to all the characters in succession, with their um, you know, as they drive up to this manor, uh, much like we do in, and then there were fewer. Yes. The Family Guy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, notes of um, cards on the table. Yes, I was also thinking in that. this uh, in this one. Anyway, um, yeah, reminiscent of. So so yes, we have Lionel Twain, his blind butler, James Sir uh, Benson Mum, which is they they have very, the very, fun with the name. Very fun bit. Yeah. Um, like again, those are the bits that you should keep. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I hear that. Brian um, had me purposely wake him up for the Benson Mum moment. That's oh, very <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Um so Peter Sellers, as we were just talking about, plays Inspector Sidney Wang who is based on Earl Der Biggers's uh, Chinese police detective, Charlie Chan, mm-hmm. um, and is accompanied by his adopted Japanese son, Willie Wang, played by Richard Narita. Which, sorry, because I, I know you want to get through the list. Oh, that's okay. Um, no, 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 let's talk about it. Because I remember trying to look up Asian American detective novels and things, like, mm-hmm. when I first joined the podcast, mm-hmm. and, like, that was among them. But, like, I remember thinking like because of this movie that like I didn't want to like even go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole. I don't know if the books are as egregious. I have a hunch big feeling that they're probably are quite terrible. What I would love is have stories written by mm-hmm. an Asian like a detective story is written by a person Absolutely. from the AAPI community. I would love that if you, you know, listeners, if you have recommendations, please let us know. We would love to watch. But this, I, I am making an assumption based on this man's name that he is not a Chinese person um, who wrote the detective Charlie Chan. And so very concerned about, you know, not just the caricature that we got in this, but, you know, caricature the original detective is being very generous, Melissa. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, it is a walking singular joke. It's like in quotation marks yeah. joke. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about um, Charlie Chan. Uh, from what I hear. From what I've heard from Asian friends is they're not the biggest fan. Is the way I'll put it. Sure, okay. They're not... Because it's one of those things of similar to the the whole problem with the poo thing of like for a while Mm -hmm. that was people's touchstone for what an Asian American would be like. And that's not helpful necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Um, So so in that case, and then in this movie that is certainly trying to do a spoof and a satire... And also 
does it in the most racist possible way. It's just, it's Oof. absolutely terrible. So, but he's like the second character, like of the detectives to be introduced. And I was like, we get into it like right away. And I literally said out loud, Oh my God. Like it was, it is whatever. If you've not seen this movie, whatever you are picturing in your mind right now, how racist it is. Double or triple that. Yeah. Because he's no. doing yellow face. Like, he's in full get up. He might as well have, like, done prosthetics around his eyes. It's awful. And what I did appreciate about Amazon Prom is that they did let me know exactly what I was getting into with, you know, uh, when you first click on the video and mm -hmm. it starts, like, in the corner with the rating... Oh, I Yellow see. face is in oh, what I they warn you. Didn't notice about. that. That's good. I mean, that's good that they warn you about that because it's a <laughs> problem. <laughs> um, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> so much more racism to come. Um, but then we get we also get introduced. But what about in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> we get introduced to Maggie Smith and Maggie Smith's husband, uh, as I will heretofore refer to them. Um, Dora and Dick. Dicky, yeah. Dora and Dick Charleston. Um, Ugh. They're modeled on Dashiell Hammett characters, Nick and Nora Charles from the Thin Man film series. Okay. Um, I want to go back to Peter Sellers for one freaking minute. He is famous for playing a detective, is the thing. He was in the pink. You couldn't have just done that. <laughs> you couldn't have just done that. Sorry. <laughs> But you know what would be funny? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, uh, this is Neil Simon pitching it, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what would be funny? Hate those people, right? Goodness. Oh, my God. I wrote this down in my Brighton Beach memoirs. That's how you know it's my Neil Simon impression. <laughs> oh, my God. As long as you talk about Brighton Beach memoirs, you got it. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I got those Broadway blues. But you know what would be really funny? You know? Is, didn't he do Barefoot in the Park as well? Yeah. And Goodbye mm -hmm. Girl? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those two are really good. Those are the only They're, yeah. touchstones I have. Yeah. I guess we did Brighton Beach memoirs in, in, in drama school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Um, anyway. Yeah. So we get these two people who are... They're like society types. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they have a dog, as the couple does in the man. I don't know that one. An at all adorable either. dog. He's a very cute yeah. little dog. Um, <coughs> Some kind of terrier. Wire haired yeah. terrier. Mm. So then, and we also get Milo Perrier, played by James Coco. I who? wonder who. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to figure out who he's modeled after. Uh, yeah. Now, this man looks so familiar to me, the actor, not the character. <laughs> the The actor looks, but I looked at his IMDb, and I'm like, I haven't seen anything he's been in. Mm. So I think he was probably just ubiquitous of a certain era of, like, just being around. I know he's, like, in Murder, She Wrote, and a few other things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think I've just seen him around. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, he is, uh, with a chauffeur named Marcel. Um. Of course. Who is Fine. Okay, and that was the thing I was talking about with people I didn't realize I would find attractive. Right? Yes, oh. and he is James Cromwell. Yeah, it's James Cromwell's first movie role. James Cromwell from Babe. Yes, from in the Babe. Big Big yeah, the farmer. That's oh. James Cromwell. 
I remember that man being like 83 in that movie. I'm yeah. sure he's like 36 in this movie. Oh, okay. He's 36 in this movie that we were talking not about, babe. Murder by in, Death. Not, not babe. The, the yeah. In Babe, he is, yeah. Um, but he, still a babe. <laughs> old as the hills and twice as dusty, as my folks would say. Mm-hmm. No, sure. But, but yeah. Got this that was, Elvis dust. This was his first, uh, this was his first movie at age 36. Um, and I was like, oh, all right, James Cromwell. He's very tall. I'll give <laughs> you yeah. that. He is very tall. But yeah, like, didn't realize that that was going to do it for me, 36-year-old uh, James Cromwell. But yeah, absolutely. Um, and he has also been in the wonderful Six Feet Under. Um, yeah. And, of course, uh, has played multiple characters in the Star Treks, including oh. in First Contact. Okay, that is one I have not seen. Yeah, you need to see First Contact. He's also in Alien Loaf and various different um, series. Like, he's in Deep Space Nine as an an, uh, person from another planet. As a not human. So, for those of you who didn't understand the, um, I wonder who he's based off of, he's based off of Poirot. This character. Oh, yeah, yeah, Perrier. yeah. Perrier is based off of Perrier Poirot. Perrier is based off of Poirot. I'm actually not sure why why with the chauffeur, because he doesn't seem like a, you know, familiar character from Poirot. Yeah, he's not like yeah. Hastings or anything. No. I think it's they just wanted a French person. I think they wanted two sissy French people, you know. Again, you know what would be funny? Right, right, yeah. right. And can I tell you? It is. Their accents, incredibly funny. It's... Genius performances on both of their parts. Yeah, and not James Cromwell um, gives a really fun performance. I thought. I think he's uh, Coco. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh as, my goodness. As a Perrier. Yeah. When we yeah. get introduced to these two, they're in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Perrier is just like <laughs> voraciously like eating like this chocolate bar and like mm-hmm. barking instructions at this poor mm-hmm. uh, chauffeur. Uh, oh, how do we get to the Nespa part? Okay. It goes, I wanted nuts, but this has raisins. Mm-hmm. They didn't have nuts, no nuts, and then that sort of thing. But the Nespa thing comes with the hot chocolate later, yeah. which is a genius oh, line. Oh, right. Because That's he, when we, yeah, when later we're in on, the house. My he bad. Get, it's fine. The the butler, he goes, I would like some hot cocoa, Nespa, and goes, no, I only think we have Hershey's. And I'm like, genius <laughs> very, very line. Funny. But he is, I didn't necessarily like this parody of Poirot because he's so cruel to his chauffeur. And I'm like, Poirot would never, he would never be this mean to anybody that is yeah, employed no, by him. But it's a very funny dynamic. It's yeah. like very like. Again, Commedia dell'arte of like a servant mm-hmm. and a master situation. Like, they just heighten like all of like the worst qualities of each yes. of the detectives they're parodying. Yes, yeah. They- Except Boy, for Maggie they- Smith because she's the greatest ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this as well: the car scene. They're like arguing, and he's like, they do some like word play of like, I feel it in my buns. Your buns? You had buns this whole time? I am hungry. It's like, no, my buns in my body. You have buns in your body? And he's like, <laughs> there's a moment of like, don't speak. You know better to speak in an accent when I am hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and that, very funny, because that implies that <laughs> the chauffeur doesn't normally have a French accent. 
There's a lot that, of like yes, meta humor, yeah. which also reminded me of Mel Brooks, right. you know, yeah. of like that kind of thing. So we get also uh, Sam Diamond. My boy, uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, who, when does Columbo start? I was trying to figure out 19, if he had already started playing Columbo at this point. 19, I think 70 something. This was in 77, this movie. 76. 76? I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure, yeah. Let me look at Columbo real quick. I know it was popped off in the 1971. So yeah, he's playing. Okay. He's doing a Columbo bit. Oh, he's, okay. But and he's he doing is, a bunch of noir characters as well. He's doing characters played by Humphrey Bogart. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, specifically parodying Sam Spade of the Maltese mm. Falcon, mm. also written by Dashiell Hammett. Um, and uh, he's also char- a character of uh, Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca. Yes. He does, like, there are specific references to Casablanca lines. A movie I have not seen, so whew, went over my head. You, The whistle one, even? You know how to whistle, don't you? No idea. Wow. No idea. I know. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Okay. But someday soon. <laughs> you know, here's looking at you, kid. That I do know. Yeah. Okay, and great. I know because play it again, Sam. Yeah. All right. I and guess... I know, Rick, you have to get me out of your Rick. All right. As long as you know all the other famous lines from Casablanca. Yeah, but I don't know. though. But... For the record, you shouldn't be looking at kids. Here's looking at you, kid. No, oh, I got it. I got <laughs> it. All right. Um, but yeah. They they do a, at the end uh, a bit of you know how to whistle don't you? She's like I don't and know. And she's what like you what are you, I? Eh. He's like never mind you ruined the bit. So she okay. is his secretary, right? The she we are referring to, mm-hmm. who is uh, Tess Skeffington oh. is the character name played They're, by Eileen Brennan. Oh, uh, I love I'm happy her for the both of you so much. She's Mrs. Peacock and Clue. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And in Private Benjamin, she's the drill sergeant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eileen Brennan is... The women in this movie do a great job. Yes. <laughs> May I say this about the scene in which we are introduced to Sam and what is the character's name? Tess. 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 She's giving him the lowdown on uh, Truman Capote, who I will just call Truman Capote because he's Truman Capote. Twain. Yeah. And she, he's like, you really did your homework. And she's like, how? And he goes, how did you know all this information? He goes, well, I called and I asked him. And he goes, good thinking. <laughs> he was so good, so good. Ugh. That's like the second joke that I have written down. Um, In the remake, I want Tess to be played by Kathy Moriarty. Who is that? Uh, did you ever see the movie Casper the Friendly Ghost? Once as a child, but never again. Okay. Not before. Uh, she was also in Goodfellas. Okay. Who is she in Goodfellas? Oh, whose wife was she? Either Shoot. way. A wife in Goodfellas. Okay. Yeah. Like, capable hands is what But I... like the real like mm-hmm. raspy cigarette voice. Oh, one the yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, who would I want to play Peter Falk's character? Who is an equivalent? <laughs> I'm just uh, I was like, I'm almost like Scott Bakula because I'm like, who's modern Columbo? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you get Benedict Cumberbatch for the the guy that's playing opposite. Dickie. Yeah, for Dickie. 
because he played Sherlock and whatnot. And but like, I'm trying to think. I mean, I would play the Maggie Smith part. <laughs> I think. No, who I, oh, go for it. No, go ahead. Well, if we're casting ourselves, I would want to be the Peter Falk. Yeah, of course. You know, are you kidding me? I I too am a short king. Thank you. (laughs) He's a little man. He was a little man. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. He's so little. (laughs) I was just trying to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wild card, but Don Cheadle. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Don Mm -hmm. Cheadle is very good. He's also very funny. Yeah. Yes. He'd be fantastic. He's underrated as a comedic actor. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, hmm. Who? I, oh, right. I wanted John Hodgman for the Truman Capote role. I think he'd be perfect. For yeah, that. he would. Great. Because we're on to the final pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Marbles. Oh yes. With uh, her nurse, Dame <laughs> Maggie <laughs> Smith. No. Stop. No. No. You should be played in the remake by Dame Maggie Smith. Oh, okay. Not now. Yeah, no. I'm just. I thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought no, you were no. being mean to Maggie Smith. No, I would I never like, be I mean to Maggie Smith because I've seen how vicious she is in interviews. Love it. She is. Whoo. Whoo. Firebrand, that woman. Uh, I love her. Uh, yes, her nurse, Miss Withers. So the bit is they come in and everyone's like, Oh, Mrs. Marbles, we love you so much. And they're talking to, because, you know, they know that Mrs. Marbles and her nurse are coming. And the, the broad uh, wheeled, someone is wheeled in. Yes. <laughs> so And is an elderly woman. Yeah. Right. So they assume that the nurse is the one taking care of the woman in the wheelchair. And... <laughs> it has become the other way around. It's a very cute bit. Yeah. Very cute. Um, because I guess she's been her nurse for 52 years. Mm-hmm. I, I assume since she was a child at yeah. this point. And uh, now she needs taken care of, and which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I liked this very much, their dynamic. I love also that Sam knows Jess and is very friendly with her. I thought yeah. that, that yeah. was very cute yes. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Goes, Jesse, baby. Very fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, the Wangs are familiar with the Charlestons as right. well. Yes. I don't want a Charleston shoe so bad. I have never mm. had Oh, one. they are oh. the best candy. Do you okay. like a nougat? Like a stretchy? Like oh, I don't mind. A nougat is also what's found in a Milky Way. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm not thinking. I'm not saying the right thing. No, nougat. it's nougat in a Charleston in shoe. A, yeah, is it? Yep, it's a chocolate covered nougat. Sometimes uh, strawberry couple covered nougat. Yeah, it's real good. Great frozen. You stick that in a mm. freezer for a day. It comes comes crunchy, melts in your mouth, gets gooey there. Mm. Mm, the gooiness in your mouth, folks. The gooiness. Um, so Milky Ways. <laughs> <laughs> Milky Ways, I can't stand though, which is interesting. Yeah, because it's too fluffy. If it, it might be so it's a fluffy nougat, it's I guess, in a Milky Way. Whereas okay. in a Charleston Chew, it's very like almost taffy. Taffy like. Mm. Okay. So that's that's the thing. That's Charleston, the buy-in. You gotta be okay with the taffy texture. Eating that's a Charleston Chew is like a three hour endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time for that kind of snack. We'll get the mini ones. Mm-hmm. There's also itty bitty little ones. An hour and a half? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a oops, I ate the whole box and now I feel bad about myself endeavor. Uh, they're real good though. Um, yeah. They're quite tasty. Uh, but Jessica Marbles is a parody of Miss Marple. Also. Oh, oh, okay. 
I am. Wow, in. you're dumb. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. There we go. I'm gonna cry about that later, but it's fine. But um, I want Mrs. Miss Withers to be played by. I know she's too young for it, so they would have to do a whole bunch of makeup. Amber Ruffin, because she's adorable. Oh yeah. As is Miss Winters. Who in that? Oh, Amber Ruffin is a contributor to The Late Show with Seth Meyers. This uh, is- but she also has her own show called The Amber Ruffin Show on Peacock. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Miss Withers. For the is- record, she is your type. Okay. I'll have to look into yeah. this person then. Mm-hmm. I'll say this uh, I think uh, Dawn French would be really good, Miss Marbles. I don't Name sounds familiar, but I'm having. A she's hard time a British sure. comedian. She's actually in Death in the Nile coming out. Um, oh, okay. She's Vicar of Dibley. If you've ever seen that, yes, because she's married to uh, was married to Lenny Henry. And then he's she's also in she's in Harry Potter as the the woman in the painting. Yes. Oh, the one she's, who um, sings the, uh, and mm, breaks the glass. Yeah. yeah, that's Dawn French. She's very funny, and she'd be perfect. For okay. That. Yes, yeah. the unfortunately named fat lady, which is yeah, what nothing is she? wrong with being fat. Well, nothing wrong being fat, but no, like, she but could have just been the lady in the painting. She could have been the lady in yeah, the painting. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that is what the character's name is for those well, You're saying J.K. Rowling named a character in a way that was insensitive to that group of people? I know, right? What? Quiet for you. Upset the Dumbledores. Uh, they can come <laughs> at me. My Twitter is at Tristan J. Miller 1. Fight me. I will read another book. <laughs> Don't give that lady money. No, check out. Go to your local library if you're gonna if you're gonna read Harry Potter. Go to your local library, get it for free. Yeah, you can enjoy or the story a without PDF online. Yeah, yeah, you can steal <laughs> steal from J.K. Steal Rowling. From go to her yes. house, steal her diamonds, mm-hmm. and her dog. Her dog doesn't deserve to be with a terrible woman. Fair. Does she have a dog? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I assume she. she she's a white like a woman. I assume person. she had a. Do- <laughs> she's a white woman with an income. I assume. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, en- enjoy the the stories and don't give her any money. So when all of these people come into the home, they are greeted by um, Benson Mum, the mm-hmm. the butler, um, and every single one of them is almost killed by a gargoyle that falls. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in uh, the first people that attempt this are the Wang family. Yes. And um, they, he's like, on the count of three, jump. One, two, three, jump. The gargoyle falls down. And he goes, gee, Pop, how'd you know? And he's like, looks down, and there's shoe prints. Yeah. And later on, there is a callback that mm-hmm. did, unfortunately, make me laugh, which is... It made me laugh, too. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's just like, how dumb. Yeah, it's very stupid. They're like, uh, someone also avoids it. It's uh, Perrier. Perrier, but his um, chauffeur, Marcel, gets knocked on the, the head, and he's like, how did you know? He goes, well, there are Chinese footprints right here, and it's just the stupidest yeah, so thing. And there's a lot of that, of, like, why bring it up yeah. in this? Mm-hmm. It's more, like, awkward funny, not, like, funny It's fun- cringe-inducing, yeah. and, yeah. like, so shocking sometimes. Like, there's yeah. a diatribe that um, Sam goes on, where I was like, oh, Oh, like taken aback. It was like one of those yeah. kind of laughs. I'm like, oh, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. What's messed up is like, this was 50 years ago. That was not that long ago. Wow. 
Isn't that weird to think about? It's Can exactly- we just take a moment mm-hmm. to just appreciate that we beat racism in 50 years? <laughs> <laughs> Great job, guys. <laughs> we, we did it. <laughs> I am silent because I am enjoying it. <laughs> when you say something really funny, I don't laugh. I'm just like, oof. Oh Chef's kiss. Um, I have something written down, a joke. Uh, do you remember when someone said, do you see that? Neither did I. Oh, uh, gosh. Yes. Mom, right? It's Benson Mom. Yeah. And maybe. I, th- I thought it was one of the couples. And like, oh. I just thought that as a concept of like, did you see that? Neither did I. Like, then why are you asking? There's a similar line in Star Wars Episode Three, The Revenge of the Sith, where mm. Obi-Wan says to Anakin, did you push the stop button when they're in the elevator? He goes, did you push the stop button? No, did you? No. Like, why would... Why would he ask? Yeah. It's very like, what? I <laughs> think, uh, I think it's, I don't remember what couple, but it's somebody when they're in their room, like yes. looking at their room for the first time. It's not the Charleston oh. because they have a creepy room. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, when the Charlestons go into their room, it's covered in what appears to be like cobwebs and like everything's dusty. Because and this I'm- room in the story has not been touched since the late Mrs. Twain murdered herself in that, her sleep. Very funny. <laughs> yes. To which Dickie says, you mean suicide? No. I mean murder. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Yeah. Twain hated herself. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a bit that suicide is a self-hate crime. It's, it's that's, that's such a funny concept to me. Oh my God. And beautifully delivered by Al Guinness. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. He is so good in this movie. And it's nice to see something uh, besides Star Wars that he's in. I stay winning. Another Star Wars person in, in a movie. It's something we've covered. But yeah. as we have mentioned suicide, um, if you are feeling alone and by yourself, there are resources for you out here in this world. Mm. Um, Call Tyler Riley at... <laughs> reach out to me. Like, DM me if you are a listener and you are going through something. I am no expert, but... Certainly willing to lend an ear to those mm-hmm. in need. Yeah, there is certainly... Yeah. A- it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. So. Definitely a good thing to to bring up and mention. I have failed for the month. <laughs> if that is In the your case. mental health? Yeah. My mm-hmm. mental health is just failing. So they say that the, the room has not been touched since her death. And they open the door, and a mouse runs across the oh, bed. Such a solid goof. Tons of cobwebs everywhere. There's dust on everything. Once uh, the butler leaves, the butler. Dickie goes over to a chair and is like, "This uh, dust is actually like it's sugar or cornstarch or baking something. flour. Baking flour, sure." Mm-hmm. Um, and. The cobwebs or the candied floss. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, cotton, cotton candy. candy for Americans. Right. So goes over to the bed, picks up the mouse, and Maggie Smith says, oh, is it a... Because know. it's obviously a toy. Right. And so oh, it's a toy then. Mm. He's like, mm, no, it's a, it's a real mouse. And he throws it away. But what's <laughs> silly. Silly. What is? 
I am. (laughs) (laughs) What's beautiful is because they push past the the mouse on the bed, and it turns into a toy mouse during that time. And then when he and he picks it up, and it's a toy mouse. Mm -hmm. And then it switches when he's in it. It's a nice little bit of movie magic. Very very nice. Um, Perrier and Marcel are shown to their room as well, and Ben's and Mum has lit a fire. (laughs) In what he thinks is the the fireplace, but is actually just no. Sorry, these are That's the wangs. Yeah. These are wangs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just they, he lit the bed on fire, which is very funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just funny to see a bed on fire. Also, they no sell it for the most part. They just are like, no, the bed's on fire, and they like pull the curtains down and stifle the fire, and like, well, at least the bed will be warm. But if you like uh, no fire in a bed. You would love one of my favorite comedies, uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, okay. which is also on the HBO Max. Interesting. Yeah. Now, you said no-sell. Never heard that term before. Oh. I assume it just means playing straight. It's a wrestling terminology. It is a wrestling term. <sighs> <laughs> but it means so Star like... Trek, Melissa. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patrick Stewart would be a good Benson mum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Ewan McGregor. Get Obi-Wan Kenobi in there again. Nah. Huh. Sure. Uh, He's been funny. Have you seen Down With Love? I've seen him down on love. No. Let's not go to the very open (laughs) fiasco of his love life. Uh, But no, he's he's a very good comedic actor as well. So a no-sell is when... If you were to get punched in the face and you didn't react. Okay. When you you bust your key in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get body slammed and you pop right back up. Yeah. It's just like, yep, what you did did nothing to me. Yeah. When the Charlestons also meet the butler, Peggy Smith just does say, don't let him park the car because, you know, he's a butler and valet. And then he's like, I'll show you two rooms. And then after which I will park the car. And Maggie Smith gives the best look to her husband, who's a very famous actor, who I cannot remember the name Nivens, is that right? Let's take a quick Google. Look it up, Tyler. Look it up. David Niven. David Niven. Um, And they also let themselves in, and that's when he closes the door the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And then this is also when, this is the Benson mom scene. And, of course, if you're English, you refer to Someone who is your better, who is a woman as mum. It's like, oh, so what's your name? Benson, mum. Oh, so it's Benson. No, Benson, mum. And then what is... James, sir. James, sir. James, sir. Oh, so it's James. No, James, sir. James, sir, Benson, mum. Very... Yeah. That's very a... easy, light. What's your father's name? Howard. <laughs> Howard Benson. <laughs> that one I don't get. How odd. Howard. Uh-huh. How odd is in like how odd or like how, how odd. odd how strange. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That one I didn't. It was it's a very uh, who's on first kind of yes. bit. Yeah. Uh, very fun. Yes. We also in the process of this, by the way, the introductions take up 45 uh, minutes. It's half of the movie, which is, is fine. It is. It's fine. It's there's not much to the plot. Um. It really, truly does not go on that long. Um, But in the course of this, we get introduced to a maid. 
um, who cannot cook. He- cook, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cook who cannot hear or speak, mm-hmm. and she goes and sees the blind butler, and he tries to talk to her, and she tries to hold up a note saying, you know. That she can't speak or uh, can't speak, can't hear, and can't read in English. Which and is the, such a... What? <laughs> and the letter is signed, the Acme uh, Letter Writing Company, yeah. which yeah. was even more fun. Now, yeah. th- this bit has a problem later on because of the plot. It doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. But it's, you know, confusion. If you've seen um, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder and Hear No Evil, See No Evil, it's very similar dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right, so but she less can't, sensitive than that. Yeah, <laughs> she can't hear him. He can't see her, so he can't read her notes. So he's trying to give her instructions, and she just sits down and doesn't, and like in the kitchen and yeah. uh, hangs out, just chilling. Yeah, I'll say this as well: when Perrier and Marcel are shown to their room, which mm-hmm. happens right before this. Um, Perrier is like, I do not trust the butler. He does not make eye contact. And Marcel's mm-hmm. like, he's blind. He's like, no, of course he's not. And then they get shown to the room. And he goes, you know, of course, Perrier goes, and one more thing. And the butler's like, yes. And then he makes a bunch of stupid faces. Mm-hmm. And he goes, after he goes, that, that'll be all. The butler leaves. And he goes, those were my funniest faces. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I love, like, I'm going to pull out all this stuff. <laughs> My funny, yes, that uh, that was amusing. Um, Jack Black for a Perrier. Oh, that would be very fun, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So they all sit down to dinner. Yes, and they're all like, "This is weird. This whole situation is weird." And then there's some business with the cook not making the dinner, and yada yada yada. But then Truman Capote shows up and is like, "The reason." Well, uh, quail, quail. Before then. Um, Detective Wang, see, they're all talking and seated at I have blocked out every line of dialogue from Peter Sellers in this movie. (laughs) I just, like, when you bring him up, I was like, oh, oh, he's in this. Oh, dang, dang. That's right. This character. Ooh. But uh, this character does point out, like, as everyone's, like, discussing, um, they get served wine before they meet the host. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes, this is one of my favorite bits. Um, And their Dickie Charleston is about, like, is giving this toast because, like, their host hasn't arrived and, like, they still want to, like, kick things off. (gasps) Because... Butler says he won't be dinner is eight. He won't be arriving till nine. Oh, why not? That's really rude to not dine with your guests. He goes, oh, he likes to go out to eat. Very. Yeah. In my mind, he went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, we're talking about McDonald's again. Yes, now I have, <laughs> McDonald's. I have McDonald's. Oh, I have no. McDonald's. So. Uh, so, Mr. Wang, before like they toast and drink, says to like the room. Wait, I have something to add. And then he says, like, there is a tasteless, odorless, ancient oriental herb. <laughs> and then toss, uh, pours out his wine into somebody's, a like... A napkin. Yeah. Napkin. Cloth napkin. And it eats right through it. I was expecting... It eats two holes. And I was expecting him to, like, do something with putting his eyes through the holes or something. It looked like a... 
it looked. Oh, I'm sure that's in a deleted scene of like somebody in like a clan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that. Sorry, now I'm thinking about Django Unchained and like I can't see anything out of this dang thing. Very funny. Um, that movie is such a problem. Okay, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in ages. Um, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was originally going to be the Leo DiCaprio role, what? but he went. I want to do Lincoln instead. A movie that no one has thought about since it came out. I, saw uh, I wouldn't say nobody. Okay, well, I, I never saw it and have not thought about it, except for... Great we, film. Okay. Yeah. S- S- Sally Field is interesting. fantastic in that role. I am, yeah, she really is. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I've only heard terrible things about that movie. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Incidentally, um, I watched Trial of the Chicago 7 last week. Sasha Baron Cohen, my dude. He was great. He, he's a phenomenal it. actor. Yes, he is. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, wasn't a fan. Not a fan? Okay. Yeah. But back to... The dinner. So he pours yeah. it out. There's been poison. And everyone's like, oh, well, and then no one can drink the thing. And then Perrier is like, no, I'll prove that it's just his thing that was poisoned. Because only he would know about that specific kind of poison. And he drinks his wine. And then he goes, ah, ah. And everyone's like, oh, no. He's like, I'm not poisoned. It was just a bad year. And that, that was, was funny. Really good. So funny. That was great. A phenomenal joke. Yeah, that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. A plus. Way to go, Neil Simon. Turns out, Neil Simon, pretty funny. When he's not being horrifically racist, (laughs) Neil Simon's very funny. Yeah, turns out. Um, And then... And then Uh, he's... uh, Dickie's saying that he's like, oh, no, I should not be seated next to my wife. Mm -hmm. And they're like, don't you like her? And he's like, no, but that's not the point, you know. In high society, she should be sitting across from me. Right, right. It's a mingling. It's to encourage Which, discussion. Yes. And sense. I also hate that about couples who sit next to each other at restaurants. Oh, I cannot stand it. Ugh. Oh, It is terrible. I'm I do sorry. Not. Well, you know. Fix yourself. Fix yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I don't talk to him. I just sit next to him. <laughs> we sit in silence like we've been married for 75 better. years. But like, I just hate the people that are like, mm, let's share a menu. And mm. like, and they're just like kissing and like and playing like, grab ass. Just like oh, stop. Oh, like, you mean like. Separate yourselves for like a meal, please. We are. You mean for a, like at a two top. Like sitting in. You, no, you know, if they're just sitting like, together. Yeah. Like if you're. If you're on a double date, you sit across from yes. the person to encourage conversation. Yeah, but even, yes, if you're in a booth with someone, you should be sitting across from your partner, not next to each other. Oh, uh, we, okay, okay, we do that occasionally. But like, <laughs> this is crazy. And these are just my rules. These yeah, are not- <laughs> say, they're mine as well. There's this great line in Seinfeld where uh, they're at the diner and, and George sits next to Jerry and he goes, What are we on a date? Sit across from me. What's wrong with you? Very funny. Very funny. Um, but like when Rich and I are out with Kristen and Lorelai, we'll sit next to each other and talk to Kristen and Lorelai. Because oh, okay. it's, you know. Okay. I get, get, yeah, it also, I think, depends on like the social situation. Because you know Kristen and Lorelai very, very well. So you're going to talk to them no matter what. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. It depends yeah. on who you're out with yeah. sometimes. Because sometimes I need to be next to who I'm with. To, like, give them the signal, like, it is time to go. (laughs) Speaking of, the Sam sitting next to the nurse, and at one point they all hold hands, and she's fingering his palm, Uh and it's very funny, and he's like, stop that. And he's like, there's a beat. I said, stop that. Stop. The the dirty old broad's fingering my palm. It's so funny. And he also turns and is talking to Miss Marbles at one point, Mm -hmm. and... 
Maggie Smith goes, you're spitting on the nurse. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Like, he, the level of <laughs> just extreme American disgust is beautiful. I think it's so funny. Yeah. Uncivilized. Yeah. Miss Withers? Withers, is that Yeah, Miss Withers. She is perfect in every way. And was originally supposed to be a much larger part. Oh. It was supposed to be a character played by Catherine Hepburn oh. called Dame Abigail Christmas, who was supposed to be a parody of Agatha Christie. Uh-huh. But she turned it down because somebody else who was originally attached dropped out, and she was like, if they're not doing it, I'm not doing it. Okay. Weird. So then it went to Estelle Woodward, Woodward. Whoever plays Miss Withers Mm -hmm. had had stepped into the Abigail Christmas role. But then after a couple of rewrites, it became the role of Miss Withers. Oh, I see. Okay. That makes sense. Because I was like, it's weird that... Because when she was first introduced, I'm like, well, this is clearly a parody of Agatha Christie. And then it just doesn't pay off in that same way. Yeah. Mm. But then the reason they were holding hands is because uh, Truman Capote shows up. And he says, one of you will die at midnight. And Wang suggests, well, if we're all in the same room, we cannot, the murder cannot happen without witnesses. And I believe it's Maggie Smith that suggests that yeah. they all hold hands, mm-hmm. which is very weird and cute. Yes. So, no, uh, Jessica. Jessica does. Does. And it's very funny because then it's like 11 o'clock at that time. And so I'm like, you're going to just sit there holding hands for an hour? And then that is what they proceed to attempt to do. Yeah. Well, I would like to add uh, yes. a point that I was trying to bring up earlier is that uh, Detective Wang sees eyes popping mm. out of this hanging moose head uh, that is hung on the wall, mm-hmm. which uh, turns out to be Twain spying on them mm-hmm. before uh, he enters the room. And yeah. there's and been other um, like paintings with his yeah. eyes and... Yeah, there's, the do- a, uh, there's a painting of a dog with, with his, uh, and like his. Twain sticks his actual tongue uh, out of the painting. Yeah. Now, my question is, was that Truman Capote doing that, or did they just have no, a stand? No, they uh, absolutely had a standard for that. I am. I wish it was Truman Capote <laughs> doing it. <laughs> well, I just need to quick stick my tongue out of here. Um, something I do on the weekends for free. Um, it's turning into Droopy Dog, is which is it also is. a parody of Truman Capote. Is that right? Yes. Oh, and I thought you were just trying to be Ben Carson. And I was like, this is a really odd choice for the pod. <laughs> so he says, one of you is going to be... do brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Captain. Um, so he, everyone's like, okay, we're going to stay all in the same room. And then there's some sort of cry out. And... Oh, oh, they hear these groans. Anytime the bell ring, the doorbell rings, it's a woman screaming. But mm-hmm. they're hearing these <laughs> groans, and um, Dora, played by Maggie Smith, is like, "Oh, it's that African head on the wall." Oh, oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just when he thought black people might escape <laughs> unscathed no. from racism in this film. <laughs> He calls it an African death mask. And it's like, oh, obviously from some tribal ritual. Yes. Yeah. Like, everyone's an expert on everything in this house, though no one here lives there. 
and it's their first time being mm-hmm. there. You know, this house kind of reminds. I used to work in the Jekyll and Hyde Club. Out yeah, in that's the, right. In the village there, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of that. So he's come in, Truman Capote. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's declared that one of you will die, and then he zips out because because he. Lionel Twain has brought them all together because he believes himself to be the greatest detective. And what better way to prove that to the world than to lock the world's five greatest detectives in the same room and have them solve an unsolvable crime. Mm-hmm. Very cards on the table. Yes. And like accurate. Yeah. Like this is like a really good plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's as far as experiments go, it's not a bad one. Yeah. So... He turns out, the lights go out again, and he's at one head of the table, and he goes to the other head of the table, and it's so funny. This is very funny. And he's like, how did you do it? And he goes, well, I'm still there. It's done with mirrors. And so, I was going to say Columbo. (laughs) (laughs) Sam pulls out his gun and goes, okay, I'll prove it. And he goes, no, wait, sometimes it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny. Yeah. And then the doors open behind him, and then he you know, mechanically goes back and then the door shut and Maggie Smith goes, man, I really know. I hope he knows how to stop that. (laughs) (laughs) And like, God forbid, like for the, for your sakes, hope that I never have enough money to make a house like this. (laughs) I will give you so much money. to do this uh um yeah as they were all filing in i had the thought you know that would be really fun to stay in a big creepy house like this love it Mm. sounds like a good weekend i there has to be somewhere in the world that like does this kind of oh absolutely but like well yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) like very very well yeah not like you know, staying in the Poconos where it's like some per- oh. Poconos? Because <laughs> you poked your nose, silly. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? But yeah, like, no, I don't want like sea level murder mystery getaways. No. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you need above sea level. <laughs> I need to be in Colorado, thank you. Yeah. yeah. None of that, you know, going to Tahiti to stay in those underground villas yeah. for me for a murder <laughs> mystery. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> no, my no, gosh. no. So they, uh, they only hit- above ground murders for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they hear these muffled screams or whatever, but it's not the scream of the doorbell because the you know very Frau Buchler. There's a scream uh-huh. every time they ring the doorbell, and. Wang and not Perrier and Mm -hmm. Marbles all go to investigate what happened. Oh no, I'm sorry. The the cook runs in and goes, Mimes, there's been a murder. There's some funny business there. She tries to use Maggie Smith's shawl as a as a (laughs) as a handkerchief, and then she switched it out. Very fun class stuff yeah very tap it a tap it a darling moment yeah <laughs> and so perrier uh marbles and what's the coming to go uh wang yeah uh all come in and the butler's been murdered he's been poisoned and again we get a nespa hershey's bit because it's with hot cocoa right and then but a butcher knife which is the way truman capote has been told 
that told everybody that the murder will occur has been stolen. But when they get back into the, they go back to the dining room. The door is locked. Perrier goes back to grab the key, but the butler is missing, but his clothes are there. Yep. He goes back. He unlocks the door. They go into the dining room. Nobody's there. They freak out. They go, they close the, then there's a hint from Twain saying count to how many people there are. Count one to ten. Mm -hmm. And then open the door again. Yeah, yeah. Some rhyme. Yeah. It's very, you know, riddle me with this, Batman. Yep. And so they do it. And sure enough, as they turn the knob, everyone is back in Mm -hmm. the the dining room. Mm Mm-hmm. All wondering, like, where have you been? Like, we've been wondering, like, <laughs> what's pretty, going on? Pretty like, scary, you disappearing like that. And then Sam and uh, Dickie, Dickie mm-hmm. go to investigate the thing because they explain what happened. And then Dickie goes to the restroom. There's a running gag with Sam, by the way. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Very funny. I don't know. He's so uncivilized. This is very amusing. But it's Dickie. Yeah, but Dickie yeah. has to go to the yeah. bathroom this time because he touches. It's not because he has to use the restroom. It's because he touches the butler and he's like, I need to go wash my hands. So I'm, it's icky. What has happened now is that instead of the clothes being there yeah. without the body, the body's there without the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Naked Alec Guinness. Just. You love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom and then Sam goes through the door and delivers the funniest line. In the whole movie, in my estimation, he's sitting there. The dining room is empty again, and he goes, "Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't. Uh, this can only mean one thing, and I don't know what it is." <laughs> Had me dying, perfectly <laughs> delivered by Peter, <laughs> and then he goes back, and then Dickie's. He opens the restroom door. Dickie isn't there. He closes it. He opens again. Dickie is there. He goes, I said I'd be a minute. And then. Because when he first opens it, it's the dog in oh, Dickie yeah. and Dora's room. And you're like, what the? Yeah, what, <laughs> what, what is, is going happening? on? <laughs> what is happening? Um, and then they go back into the dining room and go, you guys weren't lying, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And then at some point, Perrier leaves again to prove some thing yeah i don't remember exactly what he goes to prove though but like it's like they're down to the wire he has Mm -hmm. like 15 seconds to get back in this room before midnight hits Mm -hmm. and uh so so sam goes over and shoots like the door open Mm -hmm. and he comes uh perry comes in wearing the butler's clothes Mm -hmm. and he just goes don't ask (laughs) very funny yes um so they have to all gather back in the room before midnight as they're counting down. They're all holding hands. Miss uh And right before the countdown hits, uh Dora realizes that the cook is gone poof. from the room. Yeah. Well, like they can't leave. Right. So they're just they just gotta wait it out, hold their hands. Miss Withers gotta stroke uh Sam's palm a little bit more. Stop it. <laughs> her her face is so good uh, twinkle in her eye and sure enough it chimes midnight all 12 chimes go off and no one has died nope and then there's a knock at a, the door and then they open the door and twain has been stabbed in the back and has been moited yep with the butcher knife with a butcher knife 
so then they all convene in the parlor and they're all like, well, everyone has a motive. Um, Wang was his adopted son Mm -hmm. who he didn't realize was Asian until he was 17. And then it was like, oh, you're Asian? Get out of the house. Which is, oh boy. And this is the scene where Sam Diamond delivers a monologue where he is incredibly... (laughs) You racist and uses terminology that was shocking. <gasps> Sorry, I just remember we for, like forgot, we forgot. That, that I you know, wanted to talk about, but it's fine. No, no, Keep no. Going. You've already you'll bring it up. Okay. What's the bit? Uh, back when uh, Sam and Dickie are in the kitchen mm. with the naked uh, butler's body, <laughs> Dickie turns to Sam. <laughs> and then asks him if he's ever made it with a waitress. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Not even, he goes, you ever make it with a waitress? I'm talking a big fat waitress. And unless you made it with a waitress, you have an experience. And that a had quote, me, big oh, fat blondie waitress. <laughs> it's incredibly, like, it's so, terrible. So rude. But like, it caught me, it catches me off guard. Every time I see it, it's that uncomfortable, like, this oh. is so inappropriate <laughs> laugh. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I I have that written oh. down. It had me reeling, because it also is a non sequitur. Yeah, like... It's not out of... And it's like Sam's test of character, yeah. apparently. <laughs> because, like, immediately following that, you see, like, Sam walk out of the room first and go, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Both of them, they both of them are like, "Hey, hey, you're not so bad." And then immediately they're they're Cats. on like, "I don't know about that guy." Damn the man myself. Yeah, <laughs> very fun. A big Ugh. fat blondie. <laughs> that is like musical in in construction, like the language. And I think it's only funny because of the voice. You ever like, make it with a big fat blind you rape waitress? Yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, like if he just said, "You ever like, oh, you haven't made it until you made it with a big fat blind you waitress?" Like that's not funny, right? No, <laughs> but since it's the, the, but it's the acts, like yeah. it's like the everything about <laughs> the delivery. Ugh. Ugh. Like you know that type of dude. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he's a uh, yeah. He also spews off a whole bunch of really homophobic stuff. Yes, yeah. uh, because we're back in the parlor. Oh, and, sorry, yes. uh, we are now back to where I, I made us leave. No, but thank you, because again, it was written down. And that, that and Peter made me, la- Peter Falk made yeah. me laugh the most in this whole thing. Um, but he apparently... Uh, he, Twain has photos of him in drag at a gay club, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm." <laughs> I was in disguise. <laughs> he goes, "I was in. I was undercover, undercover, undercover." And it was very funny, like because the the terminology he uses is so antiquated. He's like, "I'm no pansy. I'm no sissy." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and he says, "I never kissed nobody, and I never did anything to a man that I wouldn't do to a woman." Yeah, 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 yeah that wait, was wait, good. Wait, 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 I was wait like, a minute. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he, because uh, earlier also, there's kind of a, a foreshadowing because um, his assistant wants to like. Is so in love with him. And he's like, I don't want, I don't kiss. I don't kiss. I just knock it off. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's also very funny because when they find out about, you know, the murder going to happen at, at midnight, she goes, Sam, hold me. And he goes, hold yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Everyone is so mean to their subordinates. But I so wanted a spinoff of specifically Sam and Tess. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted oh, more yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, but but Dickie and uh, Dora. Dora are very sweet to each other for the most part. Dickie but has been inferred that he's being philandering. Yeah. And he he's, he's using all his her money. I'm sorry, I should say they're very polite to each other. Yes. That's what it is. He does pat her butt at one point and compliment her butt, which I thought was See, that's nice. That is nice. <laughs> and I thought it was very funny and very cute. Because again, it's like they're they're married, it's fine. But I was yeah. like, what a what a weird bit <laughs> to be yeah. like, you got the best tuckus in the high society. Right? <laughs> Um, Thanks. But, but yeah, as you alluded, um, pretty much Char- uh, Charles, Laura's well, name is Charleston, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Dickie has squandered away their money. <laughs> yeah, this and is they very have, funny. and she's like, We're broke? And he's like, No, I have a dollar and 17 cents and some stamps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is very, very funny. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Twain knows about this and it was like blackmail or something. Because he borrowed at like 17% interest or something. Mm. No. And is behind on payment. And then Perrier, Twain goes every year to France to hunt poodles, and he killed Perrier's poodle, and he's like, I would have my revenge, and he's like, but I did not do it. His accent is bonkers, and makes makes Peter Sellers' accent is Clouseau seem like reasonable. <laughs> mm. Very good. Uh, oh, we should do the Steve Martin... Pink Panther, I think. We'd have to do both. I think Just so know too. that. Yeah. Kevin Klein in that movie. Chef's kiss. Oh. So what happened? Did we have four out of five? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so because the marbles. Miss Marbles was engaged to be married <gasps> to Lionel right. Twain right. once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Also, it's revealed that what is the name of the assistant to Sam? Tess. Tess, thank you. Twain is Tess's uncle and she has this insane line where she goes I used to he used to take me to the circus and buy me candy up until oh gosh I was 26 (laughs) (laughs) and and, and Sam goes what kind of circus was it it was very good and also after after Tess says by the way I think Sam's a homosexual he goes there's a beat he looks at her goes bitch and then walks away it's very the comedic timing of yeah. peter fuck is so fucking good mm-hmm. yeah you can say it without being bleeped. yeah um yeah so Do you know he has a series of islands named after him the falcon <laughs> islands mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, uh. <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> So they all have a motive, but they're like, all right, we can't, we can't solve this now. <laughs> yeah. So good night. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and everyone has an attempt on their life. Um, with some gag, the Wangs have a deadly snake. Oh, in their bed. Yeah, in their so bed. So they have a little chat. They're debriefing with the other person in their party. And uh, yeah, there is a deadly snake in. The in scorpion th- with the Charlestons. Yes. Gas with Miss Marbles. Uh, oh yeah you want to take it away <laughs> yes i do <laughs> so um so all the pairs share a bed whether they're like in relationships or not it just yeah. is what it is right so miss marbles and um miss withers they're in bed and miss marbles is like 
I figured it out. The murderer is... Oh my gosh. There's gas. And this with this goes, oopsie. <laughs> I'm old, I can't help it. I'm very old. <laughs> and with... And, Go ahead. And so, uh, Mr. Marvels is like, no, not that gas. The kind that kills. And she's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> It's very juvenile, very funny. But see, I've said before how I don't really like like potty humor. Potty humor. That is funny though. Yeah. That is an exception because yes. It's a good joke. No, I love a good fart. Um, <laughs> it's funny to think of the pope farting. Um, which is where the smoke comes from. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. It's a bunch okay. of cardinals in a room. Well, <laughs> you have to figure it out. It's time. Yep. <laughs> so Perrier and uh, and Marcel are sharing a bed. And Perrier's like, why are you here? And he's like, there's no other bed. And he goes, go sleep in the car. You're a chauffeur. Very cruel. No. And he goes, why? You know, and it's because he has a toupee. He's taken off his toupee and he goes, everybody knows you have a toupee. He's like, I know everybody knows. It's like, well, then why do you wear it? He goes, well, I didn't think you knew. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. real cute. It's very funny. And then the 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 ceiling starts getting lowered to squish him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And James and, Cromwell is six foot seven. And in a absolutely his pajamas. Can we talk about the pajamas? They are mesh. It's a mesh, essentially romper. <laughs> they are inferring oh, some things. You here. think we didn't repeat <laughs> the sleepwear of James Cromwell in this movie? <laughs> oh, but they, they, this is the the ceiling lowers, and with the Charlestons, there's a, a scorpion. Um, yeah. Oh, oh my the dear, bed. there's a scorpion mm-hmm. in the bed. Oh goodness, what should should we do? Terribly uh, British. We should um probably lay still until um possibly the end of our lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> which could be at any moment if the scorpion stings him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought of that. Are we um we're missing one? What happens with Sam? Oh, there's a bomb with Sam. Yeah. And here's yeah. another very funny joke. There's a he's like, what's that ticking I hear? And then the note. Slides under the door and goes, that ticking you hear, Sam Diamond, is a bomb about to go off in 15 seconds. Signed, the murderer. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Very solid. Uh, If if this thing wasn't so Duran racist. But uh, in this same scene, we... This scene opens with Tess being like, "Did did I do a good job with the whole, you know gay club bit uh-huh mm. and he's like oh yeah like let them think that you know i'm you know gay you know while i solve the real crime while they're worried about me and she's like yeah great plan but also like why do you have naked muscle man magazines <laughs> and he goes, suspects i'm always looking for suspects <laughs> yep <laughs> it's very funny uh and then you know they Get the note, as Tristan discussed, and Tess is like, oh, what are we going to do? And he's like, all right, I don't know if this is going to work, but turn around. And she does. She's like, all right, Sam. And then he just starts crying. It's very <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> very. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's what's also interesting about this, and we've talked about this like with the Family Guy thing as well, of like, since it is satirical, 
you know, you could make the argument that the homophobia and the racism is pointing out how stupid those things are, Mm -hmm. but it's done in such a way that is still deeply offensive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like... It's like Book of Mormon and mm -hmm. Tropic Thunder. You Mm -hmm. tried, didn't work. Yeah, Mm -hmm. precisely. Precisely. And then I think we should take a break because then it's the... Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure do reviewing this terribly racist, <laughs> terribly offensive, very funny still uh, piece of media. You can go to the Scavengers Network at scavengersnetwork.com and check out all the the fun stuff they have there. There's an independent podcast showcase as of this recording next uh, Saturday, the 22nd. And we are going to be up at 4. 3, mm-hmm. 3 p.m., so tune into that. More details at scavengersnetwork.com. You can also go to teespring slash the mill with hyphens between the and mill um, and buy some of our merch if you want there. We have mugs. we got T-shirts. Um, yeah, and for me personally, if you're in the New York area, I run a stand-up comedy show every month at the Bee Cafe in Woodside. It's been going pretty darn well we have um jake flores and maddie smith not maggie smith unfortunately uh maddie smith coming by and they're pretty well known and gary goldman later this week for the 21st um, jake and maddie and for the 28th gary goldman who you might recognize from uh having a great special on hbo called the great depression where he talks about his depression and how it was absolutely debilitating. It's very funny too. Um, so check it's weekly, not monthly, right? Did I say monthly? You did. Uh, so yeah, every week, every ding dang week. I am Friday nights. Friday nights at eight o'clock. Doors are at seven thirty. Show starts at eight, and I say that because started at eight thirty last last night, and I got home at midnight and uh, sleepy. I'm sleepy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fair. Tyler, you have a personal plug too. Yes, but this is not normally the order we go in. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> we can I, go out of order, mix it up. Mm-hmm. At Culture Lab LIC at the Plaxo Gallery, five dash twenty five forty sixth Avenue in Long Island City, Queens, you can catch Company of Fools production of Rajiv Joseph's gruesome playground injuries. Friday, May seven. Nope. Nope. Just kidding. Saturday, May 15th through 17th, as well as the 22nd through 24th at 8 p.m. in person, as well as online. Visit companyoffools.com today to get more information about tickets and how to stream. And if you want to meet all three of us at the same time, Melissa and I are going on the 24th, probably. Yes. And that, uh, to clarify, that is a... Saturday, Sunday, Monday evening schedule. Mm-hmm. Mixing you. it up a little bit with a, a norm, a typical, I, I should say, uh, theater schedule. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we will be there Monday, the twenty fourth for closing. That's the plan. Now, if you want to be have a very very special weekend, you can come to my show on Friday, watch the showcase live on Saturday, and then go see the show on Sunday. Monday. Oh, you could, yes, you could do that. And then if you want to meet us on Monday. Right. Yeah. Please stalk us. I need the attention.
Mm-hmm. I love how y'all just assume I'm going to be there on the 24th. Yeah, just I mean. Kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I will absolutely be there for all, all performances oh. of gruesome playground injuries. <laughs> yeah, and I'm running a race that weekend, but you can't come because uh, it's on an island and there's a ferry and it's... Uh, and also, you no, wouldn't be able to catch her. You wouldn't be able to catch Melissa. <laughs> no, wait, Tyler, I'm sorry. What did you say? I said I just thought it because I was black. I can't be <laughs> at the race. <laughs> who, 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 who am I? Jesse Owens? Come on. Uh, no, that's on uh, Saturday morning before the showcase. I'm running a 5K in person for the first time since the pandemic. Uh, but but yeah, it's just I'm just 5Ks. How many miles is that? 3.1. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice... I was going to say easy, not easy. It's still like three miles, but it's not. That's something I could see myself working up to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Know. Yeah, I ran I ran a 5K distance this morning as well. There you go. Nice, Manageable nice, nice. chunk of miles. Where can people find us online, Melissa? At ADC Pod. I forgot for a second. <laughs> <laughs> At ADC Pod on twitter instagram and facebook email us with compliments amateur detective club at gmail.com and we also have a patreon and i put up last last week we got a little silly and we said some things that had to be cut out because Mm -hmm. they were either not relevant or a little inappropriate but still funny uh, so you can listen to, like, there's a good, like, solid 20 minutes of extra content up on our Patreon now. There you go. So please subscribe to that. Tyler, do you want to tell the folks that, or do you want me to keep going? You can keep going. Okay, this so is- for what, $1 a month, you can get bonus content, as per uh, I mentioned. Um, and I think it's $10. You can plug a business or a shout-out. And mm-hmm. as yes, required by me, by the great state of Indiana. Oh, uh, I'm legally required to say butt soup as per the request of Rich Gerberger. <laughs> I can mm. never. Can I tell you something? I cannot pronounce Italian names. There's something in my mind that I look at that and I'm like, how the hell do you say that? I'll say, I can say Xi Jinping. I can do <laughs> like. Well. When you've gone to the Olive Garden as much as I have. <laughs> yes, the pinnacle of Italian culture, the yeah. Olive Garden. The one thing they've contributed ever, not not aqueducts and roads. The Olive Garden. The Olive- when I'm there, I'm family. That's so right. I know how to pronounce my family's name. So When we in the garden, we're all fam, as I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's funny because Rich is last... <laughs> Like should be the slogan because that is the clientele. Oh, mean, my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh uh, boy. And Rich's last name is Americanized too. Yeah, it's Gilberto. Gilberto. But, yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Ah, I think it's the O because I want to say Gilberta, because I say Winda and Pilla, meaning pillow and window. Do you say that? Yeah, I'm from South Dakota. Okay. I'll say pumpkin, as well. Huh. Yup, drives my mom insane. (laughs) So we're back in uh, Twain's office. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And there is a figure sitting at the desk. Sitting at the desk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, hey, racism! Yeah. And Wang walks through the door. Now, Wang walks in with an itty-bitty waist. <laughs> <laughs> son has the snake wrapped around his neck and he's clearly shot the snake while it was attacking his son yeah he hates his adopted japanese son which he says a lot that phrase specifically yeah mm-hmm. and like also oh. like the sexism did we talk about the sexism? we alluded to the sexism <laughs> um but there's a point where like when twain its body is discovered after being mm-hmm. stabbed mm-hmm. um Willie is tasked with being the one to cover up the body. And he's like, Dad, why do I have to do all the dirty work? And he's like, oh, because your mom's not here. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, Uh, God. Oh, Uh. we forgot to mention that the cook um, isn't. Oh, yeah. Isn't the cook? Yeah, it's a cook that isn't real. Right. And is made out of fake. Plastic. Yeah. Right. As is the body of the butler. Which he is about Much. to reveal in his "You're actually the murderer," and the body of the butler was also fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what Wang imparts to mm-hmm. Benson Mum. Benson Mum, who is the murderer, quote unquote. Now here's a moment where there is a solid joke, and they bungle the delivery. Mm. Where he goes, um, "As you see, I can see," and then Wang goes, "I see." But the pace of it makes it just kills it. I'm like, I just think that's bad editing. Is that yeah, bad editing? Yeah, yeah. It? I think you know, it's, the delivery is not bad. It's just like there's a beat there. I'm like, did you need the extra five yeah. seconds? Like, what what's going on? No. Um. So he, yeah, because it's Benson Mum. He's in a big hat, and he, he was crossing everyone's names off of a list of everyone who's died. So Wang comes in with an itty bitty waist and says that. And then who is the next person? Does it matter? No. In some order, they all come in and accuse him of being a different person. Yes. And so... I believe it's Perrier next. Yeah. And says that you're not really Benson Benson Mum. Oh, there is a funny line with Wang of like, how did you figure out it was me? Well, I used a theory that is rarely used these days that the butler did it. He goes, ah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, And then... Perrier comes in and says, no, you're actually... Like, Richard somebody who is the lawyer of Lionel Twain, Go- and Lionel Twain... Richard had- Goldbergstein something Jewish. Because, yeah. of course. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Gotta... We didn't hit that You know yet. what would be funny? You know, can, I, can I tell you, when we were talking about racism, and you're like, it hits all the beats, I was like, oh, there's no anti-Semitism. And then there was yep. this. Then there was this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he really, like, had a much, like... The crossing out all yeah. the list, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, leave people alone. <laughs> so that's his theory, and then uh, Jessica comes in and is like, actually, no, that's the accountant. No, I think I may have messed up the order. I think reverse mm-hmm. that. I think it's Marbles that comes in second mm-hmm. and says the thing about the uh, the lawyer, and then Perrier comes in and is like, no, it was actually the accountant. Accountant. Mm-hmm. No, it was Dick and Dora. 
Say the accountant. The, say the accountant. Because, oh, sure, that makes sense. Um, Dickie noticed uh, a bill for catering in the hand of the deceased, quote unquote, um, butler. butler. Right. And then I'm always missing because I remember then saying, Perrier comes "Yeah." In? Then Perrier comes in and says some nonsense. Oh, because he says you're. The daughter yes. of, yeah. and then Alec Guinness is more feminine and the, kind of a funny bit, but also like a little offensive yeah. still. And like, yeah, like it, it really walks the line. And mm. I, oh, be- I can't speak for that community. Like, exactly. it, yeah. yeah, there's an insane line in this, which is like, I, I have a, he says something oh, that the is attractiveness. Yeah, it's like as a man you are passable, but as a woman you're you're absolutely a dog. dog. And I was just like, oh, it's so terrible. Yeah, it's so rude. But calling someone a dog when they're not attractive is so antiquated. It is amusing to me because of like who talks that way. But it's still not a kind thing to anybody. Then there's a fourth person besides Sam who I'm forgetting. Um, we did Marbles, we did, we did Wang, Wang, Marbles, oh, Perrier, Perrier, Dick and Dora. Okay, and then it's Sam. It's Sam. Yeah. And then Sam comes in and goes, I'm an actor. Uh, oh, God, Twain, this is wild. Twain hired me. I'm not really Sam. I'm an actor, and this is uh, <laughs> a waitress. Uh-huh. And, yep, <laughs> you know she is. Buxom last, shall we say? Sure. Um, and uh, this whole thing has been fake. He just wanted to prove a point. But so, I figured that out, so, so I should get the money. Yeah. Oh right, because there's a million dollar reward. Yeah, there's a million dollar. That's not BTW. Yeah, um, and he, and this really is Twain. Yeah. Benson mom pops off Scooby Doo style. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. And then Twain goes on this diatribe, speaking on behalf of mystery fans everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, going through all of the tropes of, like, introducing characters in the last five pages that weren't there before. Sam being an actor. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Withholding, you know, uh, plot, important plot information so that you can't figure it out. Yeah. And there's, like, a couple of other ones that... uh, get brought up oh by the way there's two dining rooms that look exactly the same yeah we found out at some point oh yeah no, which i knew right away i was like yeah there's yeah. two rooms what are you talking yeah. about and they're like oh right because <laughs> he's a mechanical genius because he's been like making it rain and that sort of thing outside just dollar bills dollar bills dollar bills mm-hmm. no um and then <laughs> at one point perrier has a great line of like he has put us such through such mechanical and culinary torture this <laughs> evening yeah very funny yeah that was a good yeah point. So everyone's like, oh, all right, great. Let's go home. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's no excitement. It's very anticlimactic. They all go home saying their weekend was ruined. Oh, and at a, when, when the Charlestons come in, they're like, well, how did you escape? The, oh, yeah. the, the scorpion is like, oh, no, it just stung. It, <laughs> it just stung, stung Dora. Dora. <laughs> and so and it's like, really, we must be gone. You have 15 minutes. It's fine. I want to <laughs> explain this. So funny. Oh, yeah, it's really great. But they all leave, and then it cuts back to Benson Mum. No, not Benson. Well, first, uh, it uh, has, we do see Sam and Tess in the car. All right. Or the actor, you know, these actors playing them. Uh, but we find out that, no, no, it really is Sam. Yeah. All just, along. He's 
pretending to be an actor, pretending to be himself. He's a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah. So the end of this movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. The very last scene is you see, uh, what's his name? Ben Twain. Simone. Oh, yes. yes. Because, yeah, Twain, Benson Mom has pulled off his face, and then we see Twain. So Twain is standing in the staircase of his home, and you see him, Scooby-Doo style, pull off another skin mask, and it is the cook bum, bum, bum. who laughs. But it's not her laugh. It is Truman Capote's laugh coming out of her mouth. It's very odd. And that's it's the end of the movie. Very Christopher Nolan Inception. Mm, yeah, and that's the end of the movie. <sighs> so what do we think? Um, since it's, at, it's 10 out of 10 because it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said it was 10 out of 10 for a second. Oh, okay. I would give this an 8 out of 10. The two points are taken away for, for the egregious racism. If they had just cut that character out or cast a different person or changed everything about that character <laughs> um <laughs> specifically um but it got a lot of belly laughs out of me it got it was pretty fun i, I knew that the mystery was not going to be integral to anything really because it's just an excuse to get all these kind of like honestly you can see the line from this to clue to knives out of like let's get a bunch of famous people yes. in mm. a house yeah. and try and have fun Mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Um, again, it should be done more. I think so yeah. too, because who cares? You know, all a movie is, is people talking. You ever think about that? It's just two hot people or two or more hot people talking. That's what a movie is. And I think we should just calm down with needing plots in movies. This is my hot take. This movie is pretty good, except for the things we've been complaining about throughout the entire review. Yeah. Um, I would, I would absolutely you know, sit down and watch it again. It's also only an hour and a half, which is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect for a comedy. Um, yeah. And if you're flying Newark to Charlotte, perfect flight movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the entire length of your flight. Well, uh, good to know. There you go. What do y'all think? Uh, I give it a, a seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I take more points off for racism than you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also just felt like like I wish that the movie like that the plot had been figured out by Willie. Mm, I feel like that, that would have been perfect. It would have been perfect, yeah. but I understand no executive at the time yeah. was going to have that happen. Yeah, no, that would have been great. So, so in remake. our eventual remake, mm-hmm. um Steven Young will figure everything out. Or there's another... Who's the the guy from Kimmy Schmidt? Do you know who I'm talking about? I know you're talking about... I, I'm yeah. unfamiliar with the actor, though. Brilliant on stage as well. Because uh, he was also in a play at the public called Office Hour about school shootings. Oh, interesting. As the shooter and, like, was fantastic. Oh. May I interject one sure. more thing about the review? Mm-hmm. I would say I would give it a 6 or 7 out of 10, similar to you. But my boy... Peter Falk brings it up because I love him so much. Mm. He's Peepums. He is a very cute man, and I'm a big fan of him and what he does and what he brings to the table. But gotcha. continue. Back to my 7 out of 10 review. <laughs> 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 no, that is a good point because Peter does crush it in this movie. 
Um, but yeah, I so just... So Tyler, I was also thinking... <laughs> I will pee on your floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bad boy. Help stick oh your God. nose in it. <laughs> I, ooh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> I, again, like this is a movie that, like I, I suggested that we watch this. Uh, so Since obviously I didn't fault. have too much of a problem with the racism because I've watched this movie so many times. <laughs> I know that it's a perfect, you know, amount of time for a flight to Charlotte. Yeah. So I have watched this quite a number of times throughout, you know, my life. And shout out, shout out to listener Dave Carey, who is the one who introduced the film to me in college, mm. uh, and he regularly listens to us. So he'll be really oh. excited about this episode. Oh, wonderful. Uh, oh, and the sorry. That's uh, okay. And again, all the women brought it. Yes. Through like this really sexist end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the isms script. Um, and rest in peace, Eileen Brennan. And I'm mm. sure the actress who played Miss Withers. Yeah. And Alec Guinness, Rip. Yeah, we had ripped him before, we so I didn't want to rip him a new one. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> game recognized game. Are you looking kind of unfamiliar right now? <laughs> uh, I also give it seven out of ten for all of the same reasons. Perfect. Um, yeah, uh, brilliant portrayals. Except Peter Sellers. I mean, my goodness, what are you doing? Um, but yeah. Uh, Maggie Smith is perfection in every way, as is um, Winwood, uh, who played Miss Withers. Like, ugh, excellent. Yeah, all the women. Eileen Brennan. All the women are just absolutely the best. Um, yeah, Peter Falk as Sam Diamond doing like a Humphrey Bogart impression is also somehow still Columbo, and it's so funny. Yeah, he's in a big coat. He's I know. still touching his face. Like yeah. he's not—he's doing an impression yeah. in the same way. Like if I were to do this with my voice, you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I just love that it's, it's just Columbo. Also, it's just Columbo. Also, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's if it weren't for most of the script, it would be a great movie. <laughs> uh, you just need no. to do some rewrites. You know? Yes, it could. It is certainly a salvageable movie mm-hmm. we can cut that we, all out and have a good one Neil Simon. <laughs> yeah we can i'll, I'll oh, say it one thousand percent isn't he also no longer with us sure i, I don't know yeah i think he died in 2018 2019 okay. like very recently i believe rest in peace i mean he you know ultra is a cultural you know yeah. icon he did die in 2018. I forgot he died. Yeah, he was a. Um, that was a weird year for me. There was a yeah, understandably yeah. so. No. Um, he, he and what was the guy who directed the Birdcage? And they died uh, like really yeah. close together, and it was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, um, you know the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So next week is the scavengers independent showcase so look for that and then we're going to be taking a week off due to travel and other things so see see you next time (laughs) uh showcase next week then week off and then i think we'll go back to poirot for season 11 
Probably. Yeah. yeah. That seems statistically likely. Great. All right. And with that, I now call this meeting of the Amatoy Detective Club to a close. Gavel sound. (laughs) (laughs) More like gavel sound. We can't shut up. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah.